1: For free shipping and 365 day returns.
0: The How's Your Father podcast with Johnny Cochran, and now here's Johnny.
2: Hello, and welcome to episode four of the How's Your Father podcast. I am Johnny Cochran, uh, and if you've listened before, you would have heard other guests that I've had on: Russell Kane, Carl Donnelly, and Doc Brown. And this week we have a very special guest, one of my favorite, very favorite comedians off of the circuit has been kind enough to join me it's Quincy the Comedian how you doing Quincy
3: what's going on Johnny mate you all
2: right you just sound so cool right now really really just chilled out
3: I'm on my bed mate <laughs> 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 can't, can't be more chilled than on your bed this is a new one for me as well
2: because I'm interviewing someone on the podcast who is about 20 minutes away from
3: going to sleep quite frankly so, um... no I'm chilled out I'm relaxed this is when I do my my, my down time
2: Like, you could be in a hip-hop video right now or something. Yeah, like, love it. Um, Now, Quincy, the reason why I uh, set this podcast up was because, obviously, I am embarking on that journey of fatherhood. Um, I now have a a seven-and-a-half-month-old son called Leon. Respect. And um, the more and more I learnt around uh, parenting, the more facts around it, because I was really kind of insatiable for that knowledge. I just thought, this is a great subject to talk about. And a lot of... Um, parents will be interested in general but I think in particular fathers uh, are not always kind of you know front and centre when it comes to parental advice because it's Mm. mainly aimed aimed towards the mothers so I think it's a great opportunity to pick the minds of other fathers out there and their experience so can you talk to me about well one um, your children, uh, uh, how old they are and um, yeah how it kind of came about.
3: I have three children, two boys and a girl um and i um have raised my sons um their mum passed away at an early age and um i was even though i consider or even though in society's eyes i'm considered as a single father but i had very good parents and in-laws to support me in in helping um, me raise my children if it wasn't for both sides of the family, I would not be in the position to um, do the career which I'm currently in. Raising the boys, it was an eye opener for me because I'm known in my area and known as like growing up as a lad as well as those proper geezer geezers. And yeah, and I had to adapt my behaviour and my 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 newfound environment as, as as a dad because I had to learn to be a mum. It's so easy to when you've got mum and dad in the house and growing up in the household I grew up in hearing the words wait till your dad gets home were chilling words for me um, yeah. and, and unfortunately like I said we live in, in, in times where unfortunately there isn't a lot of dads at home to for those words to be echoed and it's it's left on the mum but I couldn't necessarily play that role to my children 100 percent i had to learn oh. to understand that as much as i need to be stern i also need to understand why they're doing the things they do and and uh one of the things i took out of becoming a single dad was i had to learn to listen mm. which wasn't always right <laughs> how How old are both of your sons so my oldest son is 27 now Yep. My youngest son is twenty-five, right. and my daughter's nineteen.
2: Oh, so all of these are grown up. So, in, in from a parenting point of view, when you've got children of that age, because I mean, most of us start thinking as soon as you get to eighteen, my job's done. Thank you very much. Is that you, the mentality you're in quite uh, right now, where you've kind of feeling like job done, or f- is it
3: no? Nah. I think present? I think that the the role of the parent and the, and the child is has changed because. Um, when you, when I was eighteen, that's that's the time where you should really start to take flight and find out who you are, go and look for, um, not a property but a flat, moving with mates, college, university. Um, but obviously, you know, as times have gone on, like I look at my children now as they've got older. It's indirectly they need they need even more support. You know, not as much. Um, financially now but they need more emotional support at the ages they are now because I'm a granddad and the the luxuries of my um, me growing up with my sons and, and my son being in my position is is has been cut so it's harder for my children's generation now so it's like extra um, um, Pressure on myself, I take it upon up that board to, to be there, um, and, and 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 listen to them and, and try and guide them, especially my son with, with with my grandson, to guide him in the best possible way of being the best dad he he can.
2: When you uh, had your first child, how old were you when you upon having your first kid?
3: I was 22. Twenty two.
2: Twenty two, and at that age, yeah. W- yeah. Um, were you uh, and your partner uh, planning to have a child at that point, or was it something no. that
3: more yeah. happened and you? Yeah, no, it wasn't. No, it was just we had unprotected sex. <laughs> it was, it was, That's it, it usually was... how it happened Sure. <laughs> it was. It was. You know, I was planning to sleep with this woman, and um, <laughs> and um, like it was running kind of things. Because so you gotta understand, right? Me growing up, I wasn't—I wasn't known as a fighter, so it was like I didn't really get girls like my mates did. So when I came yeah. across one, there was no time to. There was no. Let me go into slipping something more, more comfortable. He <laughs> was like, "Let me get this shit done before you change your mind." <laughs>
2: I see, I see. That's, Next, no time it, for boys to men to get fucked on. You were like, no no, 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 no. slow it was,
3: CDs. Now, it was like, look, we're here now, let's do this thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and she was like my first proper girlfriend. So, you know what I mean? It, oh. Things happened. And then, like, after that, she told me she was pregnant. And I, I wasn't going nowhere. she wasn't going nowhere. And, um, yeah, the rest is history. So I was 22 years old. But what I will say, at 22 years old, I never really took to fatherhood. I didn't take to fatherhood. I played, I played a role. So it was that case of yeah. I went out to work, and when I came home, I picked him up a couple of times. Oh, there, yeah, took him out, showed him off to the boys. You know what I mean? And took him out to work with me, blah blah blah. But I done bits bit by bit. That the nurturing side, watching my watching my son say his first words, read to him, you know what I mean. Sit down and watch those those those. those um, I won't because you you're going through this. Watch the programmes. Sure. You like like for me growing up, it was like oh, Balamori used to get on my tits, but used to watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean. But yeah, you know I mean when you go and turn on the TV to watch the news, you have got a kid like the mum saying, turn it back to his CBBS. You know, like, oh, right, fair enough. <laughs> so, but I played oh, we
2: got Hey here on in our house all the time, mate. I mean, he's just yeah, he's he's making a killing from us right now. Really, oh,
3: is. Mate, it is. But I, those kind of things, I really missed out on, really, because the mum was there, so I took it for granted.
2: Was it because of these kind of, you know, traditional male roles that you um, felt that you had to adhere to? Is that the reason for why you were more fathering on a kind of a, a base level, basically, like where you're like, yeah, I'm a dad and I'll do the dad stuff, but when it comes down to other more emotional parts that i i want out of that kind
3: of thing i think my emotions i've always been an emotional individual but i think that what it was it was very um static it was it wasn't like i didn't preempt you know i mean i would like if he cries it was like okay then i'll pat him on his back a couple of times enough if it's longer than five ten sec uh, five ten seconds five ten minutes i'm like well okay i've done everything why is he still crying you know i mean not really taking time (laughs) To understand well, I see. I know this now, having a grandson and 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 my and through my second son. So when children cry, and and it's for periods of time, like before, I was like, I've done everything. What more do they want? But they can't talk. So sure. that cry could be, I want you to hold me a bit tighter. I want you to loosen me. You know what I mean? I want you to take the beard out of my face. <laughs> could be, could be crying. I started to with my second son when my partner passed him, and he was one at the time. I started to adopt naturally. Like okay, then there were different levels of crying. So if I get it, like I said, I don't condone. I'm not, I'm not saying you do this, but um, if a child if a child hurts himself, they're going to cry in a particular way. They're going to cry a particular way if they're tired they're gonna cry a particular way if they're just miserable and or they're hungry, or hungry. So you, that is that connection, that is that bond. And with my first son, because I was out working, doing what I was doing, and mum was home, I never really got to experience that side of, but that's all parenting. And I was very motherly. It's only when she passed and then I, it just, and I spent time. And similar, like this lockdown, I didn't go to work, I was, I had. at work for a while and then you see those little things, so you like you feed him and he's like, Why is he still crying? He's wet, he's like, he's crying. He's telling me, I'm mate, I'm fucking wet. <laughs> I mean, I've shit myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need changing. <laughs> so and it just naturally just comes to you. It's like driving a car or riding a bike. It's just you just pick it up. You just pick it up. But you pick it up if you are in tune with your child. These things yeah. is naturally in you, like yourself. You've just had your little one, and you're going to appreciate, and you and you will naturally be in tune with their energy, and that's how it that's that's how it was for me. From for compared to my first child to my second child, I was more of a parent. I was a dad. When a father was a dad, I had the title of a dad with my first one. After my partner passed, I became a parent.
2: It's it's so interesting that you've brought this up. I was saying to my sister, who's just had a little baby as well, um, and I was saying about how you become in tune to those cries when you haven't got a child or you're not necessarily interested in you know parenting at a younger age you hear a baby cry and you think yeah they all sound the same but when you are that parent and it kicks in you're like oh yeah that's a hungry cry oh yeah, yeah that one means i need to go to sleep and and it's fascinating how you get in tuned yeah uh, to your child in that way um, so to you mentioned um there that your partner did pass away and when your second son was one is that was that right
3: yeah so um it was one in the first birthday so leading up to his second birthday she passed in uh, november um and he was born in december so she when he was about to To go into his second birthday, which he was organising at the time.
2: Right, right. So at this point, you've got another child, and you know you're, um, you know, into that family dynamic. So how did that affect you as a father at that point? Obviously, you've said that um, after your partner passed, you you more was required of you with regards to childcare. But what was going through your mind in that kind of in those early moments? when it came to thinking about how you were going to parent
3: in future i i was i was nervous i i didn't think i could do it um there were times where i, I thought to myself and it i tell I, I tell my biggest fight was of being a being a parent was it wasn't like knowing how to raise my sons it was trying to convince my mum the two mothers that I could do it and right. try to keep them on side because my mum and Judith's mum are strong, very strong uh, West Indian character-based female women. They're very strong-minded and they 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 take over. They like no like stereotypical Italian mums. They just take Irish mums. They just take over, and it's yeah. like well, this is what you do, and we had back and forth arguments with me and my mum at times. But she did say to me, these are your children. I mean, I will help you, but you, the decision comes down to you. When I want to see my grandchildren or, or you're doing wrong, I will tell you. So um, sure, um it was for me, it was like, that was my biggest fight. Because I, 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 was, I was put in a position where it, it was, I could have easily let my parents, no, my mum, my dad. My dad would have been there, but... He wouldn't have been there. <laughs> I could have easily let the women inside of the family take over yeah. and then gone and done my thing. But I wasn't raised like that. And mm. it was that case, I would have been not just letting myself down, but I would have let down the boy's mum because she was like, no one's telling me how to raise my children. Indir- indirectly. Sure. You know what I mean? The buck stops with me. Help me, aid me, but the decision comes down to me. So I was left for the decision. And I, that decision, it was like, well, I'm going to, um, I'm going to not prove my my, my mum and Judy's mum wrong. I was just going to show them. Actions speak louder than words.
2: So, so to to talk because you've mentioned about your kind of your, your extended family there. Um, now, my my um, dad is uh, Jamaican, and mm. when it comes to West Indian mm. parenting, sorry about that. Uh, there's. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but a bit of West Indian banter out there for the people <laughs> who are not um okay. it's cool we're vibing. obviously when it comes to West Indian parenting, we could say yeah. that there is a little bit of a stigma you might say attached yeah. to parenting with regards to it being particularly strict, very harsh and sometimes almost, you know, uh, like corporal punishment when it comes to, yes. you know, there are beatings etcetera, you know. Um yeah. so with regards to, like, you mentioned that um, your uh, your partner was had said that she wants to raise the kids in her own way. Was there a notion at that point with both of you that you wanted to do things differently from the previous generation, maybe with a little bit more love and caring rather than that kind of just authoritarian <laughs> style of parenting?
3: It's really weird, like, now, as you just mentioned, that's like, I, I weird, because I, I had this conversation this week with, with some friends of mine. I think me and her name is Judith. It was a case of like we we were going to provide our children what we never got, and I've and as and I say that that there were times when we got unnecessary licks.
2: Sorry, just to translate for our non-West oh, Indian uh, audience, licks means beatdowns. Okay, that's not you don't have to worry that there's Slipper. a child getting his face licked. Okay, yes, yeah, slippers. <laughs> Beatings.
3: Okay, yeah, sorry, that's what yeah. licks is. Right. I forget Translation over. Yeah, I forget the audience. I yeah. So yeah, basically, <laughs> when we used to get um, beatings, and then beatings is I mean slaps and that stuff like that. Judith never got it as sure. much as me because she was a girl, she's girl child, so her dad wasn't really like that. But I got it, but we could relate because her brother used to get it, and I remember we saying that. Do you know what? I'm not. I'm not handling my children like that. You know what I mean? And we never really, and when we done that, we said it because, yeah, we thought at times there were harsh beatings, but not really understanding what possible pressures that our parents were going through at the time, mentally, emotionally. Um, And it ain't really nice when you've got offspring just doing dumb crap left, right and centre. So I think that, going to to, to the question, it was when Judith said that, this is her time to to show because she knew she was ill but obviously not to the extent of that she was in the past but it was like this is my time to show because she was like, like the rebel of 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 her of her family to show her parents as well i can do this and i i don't need to come to you for everything i can nurture my my children and i and i was the same it was like mama and dad i, I can show you that i've met somebody who i really like who's Whose um, drugs ain't worn off and and it doesn't see me for who I really am <laughs> so, so, and, and all that. So we're we're gonna do it our way. You know, I mean, we had we had we had clashes, we had culture clashes between my mum and, and dad and Judith's mum and dad. But the ultimate, they knew that the decision we we made we was gonna stick by it, and 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 it was the right right decision from, from our point of view we got that, I tell you so, then I tell you so? we got that, you know what I mean, is by <laughs> the by. We learn by, we always learn by our mistakes. That's, that's the only way you can learn being a parent.
2: I think that, um, you know, and I don't think I'm breaking ground when I say this, but I think when you think about fathers, they quite easily slip into two different schools. Uh, and not even on every individual aspect, but broadly two different schools, and that is fathers that want to do it the way that their fathers did it Mm. and fathers that want to do it in a different way now i find that um you know you you know and that can be that there are certain things that you would do the same but broadly you want to do the whole thing differently you know and i think that when it comes to when i look at how my father was raised for instance and then you know when i think about you know beatings or whatever or licks as you call them Mm. um he would have had that much, much worse than, say, I, I got yeah. some smacks and stuff, but that was it, you know. Um, yeah. Whereas I believe that my outlook on that parenting, and this isn't just for whether you might smack your child or not, but loads of different things, is that if children were getting raised in perhaps a, a harsher environment, you know, generations ago, then I'm trying to make that, you know, erode that over, over time with the different generation. So I am better than... My father was to me and and he mm. was to them, you know, so overall you're you're almost undoing a lot of the societal issues as well because obviously so much of it comes from the way that you're parented
3: yeah, and uh, do you know what? I look it like this I'm born here, so I am going to naturally pick up the British ways of 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 parenting. My parents wasn't raised like that, they were raised in the Caribbean, so they were just they were just following suit because that's what these that's all they saw.
2: In terms of because uh, I find it fascinating as well. I also was born in Britain and I you know there's that um, yeah. trying to formulate a lifestyle and a life that is more reflective of the country that yeah. you're you're born and raised in. So yeah, well, when you right. yeah. explain to me how the old kind of traditional. Um, views of masculinity are with Caribbean parents? What what would you then expect the man to be doing? How would they interact with their children? Because obviously then I want to see how that progressed with you once you became a lone parent.
3: So for me, like our family, we're not huggers. So my, I didn't get embraced by my dad. Does it mean that I didn't like know that my dad didn't love me? I know my dad loved me. But he wasn't the kind of person to show that appreciation by a hug, um, by an, an embrace, a kiss on the cheek. You know, what I mean, it was it was shown in other ways, and I and I accept and appreciate my dad's way of showing love was putting food on that table, and putting and putting, make sure there's light in that in that house, and make sure we were clothed, and make sure we were safe. That's my because my dad was going through his, his stuff, potentially not realising, going to work facing the trials and tribulations of a nine to five in, in, in Fallsdagen and coming home and my dad's outlet was the betting shop gambling, you know what I mean some dads outlet was 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 the was was drink, some uh, womanising, so the, for me I grew up around men at the time who weren't natural huggers, nurturers, but they showed it in other ways. They showed it in other ways. And that's one thing that the cycle I did break with my children, because I hugged and kissed my children all the time. But I I accept it was different times for my dad. I mean, even to see my dad to hold my, my children when they were babies, it, it just seemed he didn't feel naturally <laughs> comfortable he was like he was holding like who's going to take this it was like alright like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's enough you know what I mean it, it, was, it was like if, if the child stayed in his hands longer than like two three minutes it was like the child was going to get to him and he couldn't show it Right, right. So he, he's like, all right, come on, take this chair, take the chair, yeah, all right, child, go, 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 bye.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I like that kind of parenting 101, okay? So <laughs> anyone listening, click that up and play it to your kid, that'll sort them out. Um, no, that's fascinating, isn't it? Because what you're talking about is that kind of emotional availability that a lot of, you know, our parents' generation just simply uh, were, not, were not ready for. Um, so, You have explained that um, being a lone parent, you've had to, you know, you've had to cross those boundaries instantly. You've had to be uh, emotionally available, but also tactile and caring um, with your children. How do you think that now that you have done it with your kids, how do you think that it has benefited your children to have such an emotionally available father and. Uh, someone who's not afraid to show their emotions.
3: Right. So this is the thing. I reg- it's it's bit me in my ass. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't regret it. Because my children don't cry. <laughs> they don't. They don't cry. They don't cry, and I, I like they don't they don't show emotion like they do, and like they say to me they don't like see me crying, and I say to them, it takes a bigger person a bigger person to cry than to hold it in, yeah, and I, and. The reason they say to me because, because the, the environment they are currently in, they can't show weakness, and I've and like I had to take that upon board, what they told me because their their friends are being murdered, and and it's a sign of weakness, and its roles are reversed, so it's like if that environment is is what they're around, and I am trying to and I'm trying. And I still tell them, you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with showing emotion when I mean, you need to because it is, it's balance. You can't have this around you. But like I said to them, they know, everybody knows, or my children know that I, I will cry. And I had to learn that, because I wasn't always like that. I, I had to learn and shed tears.
2: Yeah, train yourself almost to be able to to let, allow yourself to be emotional a- outwardly.
3: Yeah, because I had a lot of anger in me when, she, when their boy's, boy's mum passed, because I had a lot of un- unanswered questions, and I held. I didn't cry for years, and it just took one um, one incident, and I just, I just. I don't know how she got out of me, but she—it <laughs> was a female. She made me cry. Okay. Yeah. And like. Uh, okay. I go by this motto. I say, I said to my children, "I'd rather you shed tears than blood."
2: Yep. That is that, definitely, definitely. That's it. I like that. I'll, will t- yeah. make sure I tell my kid that tonight. Stop shedding blood, mate. <laughs> I'm gonna be like <laughs> uh, d- Stop crying. Yeah. yeah. You know, gangster in training. When it comes to um, the loss of your partner as well, that's uh, kind of a door that swung swung both ways in terms of not only were you feeling the grief uh, when that whole process had happened, but also your children had to grow up at that point without their mother. So what did you do to try and kind of limit the impact that losing their mother had on the
3: boys? I didn't really do anything. I just tried to... Just give them as, and be myself as normal life as possible. And like I I always say to them, even if they don't fully remember, acknowledge them. Just make sure they acknowledge their mum. Anniversaries, birthdays, and occasions that we as a family acknowledge their mum. And you know what I mean? She is never forgetting when you have your children, like it is now. You make sure your son knows who his grandma is. And what she, and what she was about
2: so in terms of like i mean a lot of the listeners here will be uh, embarking on you know maybe the starts of their uh, parenting adventure like but they will probably be perceiving it as a two-person job if you like you know and obviously you've kind of explained that your wider family got involved mm. to almost add more support so they didn't feel like they were um, like, like the children were missing out was there um, did, I mean have you got on to ha- remarry since then or did you feel like you needed to maybe introduce a new partner
3: I met, I met somebody else I met somebody else um, hence having my daughter I met somebody else and unfortunately didn't work out looking back now thinking to myself well, why didn't it one well, of the reasons why it probably didn't work out because she might have felt that I was trying to overtake or trying to um Like, she's the mother, so it was like, well, don't tell me what to do or how to handle this situation.
2: Right. So in her mind, it was like she was in control of all parenting matters and you as the father should take a kind of supplementary role, a backup role to her.
3: Yeah. She knew I raised my son, so it was like, to her, she ain't seen guys do that. I think it freaked her probably out that I can take my child from an early age and just walk off with her and and go where well, I need to go with her and come back and I don't need to ring her for anything.
2: Right. And,
3: and, and stuff like that. So there were times we had our little disagreements off about how, how how to raise. And um, my relationship with my daughter measures in the kind of how she looks at men in the future.
2: It, it, do you know what? The stuff you're saying is absolutely fascinating from a kind of looking at it as a bit of a study on kind of Caribbean parenting, certainly. Yeah. Now, when you talk about your new newer partner there and you're also saying that her expectations of men, it was like a, a man not necessarily being as active a father was not just his decision is partly almost coming from expectations from the lady in that situation Mm. because she's never known any different. So this is Mm. one of the things that we want to talk about in the podcast in general with regards to, you know, uh, masculinity and modern masculinity. It's part of the fact that when we look for advancements with men, it's, it's not just men that have to do that. It's women as well. And um, because men will act up to their expectations often as much as, try to change them so if women are expect- it's very interesting that you say that she through her own experience just would not expect a man to do that and there's going to be a lot of men out there who who simply would just not necessarily play a major caregiver role because their wives or partners wouldn't expect them to
3: yeah that's right yeah
2: Quincy as we uh, have been known to do on our records um, because this is uh, open place where different fathers can talk about their experiences and we hope to try and hit on different aspects. Obviously, some really interesting stuff about um, lone parenting uh, and <laughs> West Indian parenting as well. So, you, we taught you guys at home what licks mean, OK? <laughs> um, but one thing you do want on- <laughs> to on every episode is a little feature called Get Your Tips Out for the Dads. Okay, so this is the part where you get to give your advice to other uh, parents out there, um, other fathers who might be going through stuff. So if you could wrap up... Oh, let me sing my song first. Get your tips out, get your tips out, get your tips out for the dads. There we go. Got that out of the way. Um, So if you have one tip... For other fathers out there, Quincy, what would it be?
3: My tip to any, any fathers out there is listen to your, to your child of where they are coming from, but don't be afraid to, to come back on the realities of how you, what you expect from them and how important legacy is, um, as in father-son legacy. You know what I mean. Pass. You want to pass the baton on to them. There are going to be times when you're going to listen. You're going to listen and not agree, but try to come to be open-minded to come to some kind of middle ground. It isn't. Sometimes it isn't all about I'm the father. Do as I say. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes don't be afraid to step away, but leave the door open to come back. To, to address an issue if, if you are having difficulties. So listen, um, be very firm in your decision making, but be fair and be open-minded.
2: Nowadays, society recognises the important role a father plays. Research shows that having a highly involved father can impact a child's life in positive ways regarding relationships, mental health, education, behaviour and happiness. Pregnancy, birth and caring for a child can bring about profound changes in dads too. The act of simply caring for your baby forges new neural pathways in dad's brain. However it can be difficult for dads to access information targeted specifically at them because research in the past has focused on the mother. The charity Gingerbread supports single parent families with practical information as well as stories shared by single dads. The NCT also has lots of dad-specific information about caring for and bonding with your baby. There are links in the show notes. I remember you doing a joke on stage which always cracked me up when you were talking about um, the difference between having a West Indian partner and um, a a, a British uh, lady. And you mean white British ladies being able to ru- rustle you up some breakfast in the morning, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, just rush. Whereas West Indian ladies, they can't rustle you up no rice and peas. <laughs> they can't rustle up rice and peas. It takes longer to cook that. <laughs> so I yeah, like from all
3: experiences. Uh, that day, yeah, uh, it was uh, a British lady, a white lady. And she was like, I must, yeah, clearly impressed her because i threw it down i threw it down and she was like <laughs> sorry johnny sorry listeners translation <laughs> Threw it down
2: means having
3: intercourse it. yeah yeah i yeah i, I represented it because you know when you throw it down when a woman get gets up and wants to cook you something, that's when you know you're throwing it down Yes, <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> and she said to me yeah yeah she said to me do you, do you are you hungry? And I was like, yeah, yeah I'm a hungry, you know, yes. And she goes, like, okay, then, and then I was like, and then when she said to me, do you want me to rustle up some rice in peace? and peas? I was like, what? <laughs> rustle up, Mm mm-hmm, rustle up like? You do up rice and peas? <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're trying to poison me eh? did Kidney beans need to soak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need to, that's 24 hours of preparation. she done that shit last night. Before I threw it down
2: <laughs>
3: and you know it's really funny when I do that in front of a black audience I get a look like you're the white <laughs> Just like you. It's like yes
2: well thank you very much for joining me on the uh, How's Your Father podcast Quincy it's been very nice to talk to you and really informative Quincy is there anything you're doing I know you're on radio
3: at the moment yes so I am um, my social media at Quincy Comedian Cockney Prince last year I wrote my first comedy play Quincy's Single Mum which has been picked up to make it into something a bit bigger, which I can't reveal yet, but it's going to be out there very, very soon. It would have been out there this year, but um, COVID has COVID as delayed it, not postponed it, delayed it. Um, so, yeah, so look out for Quincy's single mum. Thank you very much for thinking about me and um, thinking, thinking of the old folk. <laughs> on the next How's Your Father podcast.
2: Guys, it's Deborah Francis White. I think a lot of the men who
1: listen to The Guilty Feminist are probably fathers, if I'm honest. No. I love it when fathers bring their daughters to the show. When we did the Royal Albert Hall, there was a man in the front row who brought his 13-year-old daughter as her birthday present. And I found that really moving. But again, I wouldn't find it as moving if a woman had brought her 13-year-old daughter to The Guilty Feminist. The, the amount of love and unnecessary praise men get for picking up their own child who they themselves
2: have sight look <laughs> at him isn't he a good father at the barbecue look he's carrying his baby around i mean it is extraordinary but we all the, the bar is very low for men sometimes it's like he's picked her up with his arms <laughs> held his own child love. look he's changing a nappy
0: oh my god he's such a good father
1: And we give women no (laughs) praise for exactly the same thing. In fact, we judge women because is she holding that child wrongly? Is she, she, she supporting the head one another.
4: Produced by Paul Daniels at pauldaniels.tv.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.